right, we're we're back on the porch. We're back at it. The the wind is blowing. The birds are chirping. Almost. I don't know if it's quite late. The enough. sirens are sirening. Yeah. We literally that, that is a constant. Yeah. Just just press play and, and here we go. <laughs> All right, so uh, we actually got a, a good question. Uh, that sounded like we usually don't get good questions. <laughs> we actually got a good question on our website. Uh, just a reminder, honeymooncoffeeco.com slash podcast, and you can submit a question. Um, but yeah, I actually really like this question. Will you go ahead and read it, babe? Sure. The question is, I was wondering what you as business owners think about the current pushback against the powerful tipping nudge that comes with automatic payment systems. Relatedly, I'm happy to tip 20% at the moon because I'm confident that you're ethical and it's going to the servers, not the owners. But I have heard that's not the case everywhere. <laughs> okay. So, so a question and a comment. <laughs> yeah, uh, a compliment even. Like yeah. that was... Uh... Yeah, that was nice. I didn't hate that. I also like the way that he or she referred to it as the moon. Yeah, little shortening little it even further. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, kind of immediately, my mind goes to some of the pl- places where we've experienced this as consumers on the other side of the the point of sale, and, and there are times where it just feels awkward, or it feels. Um, what was the word they used? Pushback? Against the nudge. Pushback against so the like nudge. So like when the POS says, you turn, you flip the iPad around and yeah. it's saying like on our square, do you want to tip 10%, 15, 20? No, I, no, I understand that part. I'm yeah. saying like, is, is this person saying that there is pushback against the fact that that exists? Or yeah, certain I mean, I think it? I've been, I've seen some articles recently in the news talking about how people just feel like burnt out on tipping. And I think it comes back to COVID and when everyone was tipping extra and really trying to take care of tipped employees. Yeah. Well, or even just businesses that they loved. Right. That's just good. helping us get through period. I do remember people went, so there was a period where like everything shut down and then there was a period where we're sort of like easing our way back into being open mm-hmm. and, uh, again, a lot of gratitude from people, and then there was almost like a way that you could respond. It's like, it's like, what are you going to do actually <laughs> during this COVID time? Well, you can prioritize your your spending in a certain way to support businesses that right. you want to see sort of you know make it through. And so we had people that would buy gift cards with um, lower expectations that they would even be able to be used because yeah, maybe we're going to close actually, or something. I even remember people saying, I'm going to buy a gift card and then wait a year or two to, to cash it in. Yeah. If you're still around. <laughs> yeah, saying we hope you're still around. Yeah. And, but if you're not, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being there while you were, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But to get back to the question kind of of what she was asking, I feel like our industry, it's a little more common to tip your barista and then in our case, we actually bring the food and drink out to your table. Yeah. So I think people tend to tip more. And and I've never had anyone complain about it. But also, don't feel obligated to to tip if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that easy. Don't feel obligated if you don't want to. So it's 
like if you're in a sit down food environment where you sit at a table and then someone comes and takes your order right and then brings it out to you and maybe there's drinks and refills involved there's you know multiple trips and you know you're not having to bus your own table or anything like that but there's a significant amount of service involved in you know bring you your meal i feel like that's like sort of where people feel that is like sort of the customary you know 15 20% tip for that experience. Yeah. And I think what's happening now is people are saying, I I can't think of a great example, but like my mechanic is asking for a tip whenever I cash out. (laughs) Let's just take, instead of going all the way to mechanic, let's like, I think the next step is what we have, which is counter service. Right. So then it's like, there's counter service where you sort of come back and you pick something up at that Mm -hmm. same counter. Right. And then there's like counter service where people maybe bring something to you and that might be the end of the service part and you're expected to kind of bust your own table. And, right. Um, and in that, we do see people um, and we do ask for a tip or are we, let's say we present the option for tipping mm-hmm. at the moment of transaction, which is a little different than uh, table side service where you, you've had the service. And yeah, then you've already got to experience yes. it before you decide what you're going to give. Whereas for us, a lot of it is the hospitality of the interaction at the register. Sure. And, you know, did you connect with the customer in a way that they feel good and that they're in good hands? How how many people do you think actually sort of base their tips on the interaction with the people or their assessment of those people or the business itself? And how how many, what percentage do you think people just kind of decide like, this is who I am. I'm the type of person who tips blank, sort of regardless of what happens. And it's more about them and their identity. Hmm. Or do you? That's a tough question. (laughs) Okay. I'm asking you to like, do you have a, um, I would maybe say 50, 50, if I was just giving you like an off the cuff response, because I think your tipping behavior change and what tends to change it. Let me ask it that way. Yeah. I would say if I have really great service at a restaurant, I'm going to tip more. But I always do tip. So like you said, my identity, I've been a server before Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people have. And I think if you've been a server, things have to be very dire for you not to leave a tip. Yeah. So, but then as far as like the second part of her question, we've had a decent amount of our employees tell us that at other places that they worked at, they didn't actually get the tips that the owners took them which is just crazy, but... Well, and we're also in a a Facebook group that's filled with coffee shop business owners where they ask, you know, hey, is is this okay for me to, you know, take the tips? Or they don't even ask if it's okay. They just kind of say, I take, you know, tips uh, from my employees and that's sort of a part of our revenue is the tips That's how we make it, basically. Yeah. 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 But I think if you have a business model where you have to make it off of tips that should be going to your employees, that's not great. I think it, it may depend on if you are there sort of working the floor at the same time as the employees. I Maybe can you understand could make that, it, sort of that a little bit more. Um, it's not like the choice that we made, but I can at least understand it. If you Why were contributing you ex- to the amount of tips that were being Why don't you in. explain uh, what, what we do? Well, we have it set up where... Um, us as owners, we don't take tips. Even when you're working a shift. Correct. 
Because we think it's a good morale thing for them to be able to just split the tips. And we, we also, from the beginning, thought it was really important to have the front and the back of house be equal. So you don't get more tips if you're a barista as um, opposed to someone in the back making food or doing dishes or the one at the register. So we just kind of put everyone on a even playing field there. Yeah, the way that we have it set up is when you're on shift with a, a team, everyone who's clocked in, that's sort of the, the crew that's on shift at that moment. And that sort of starts kind of the tipping pot. And then as a new person joins the crew for that shift or leaves, the tips get split and you kind of restart that pot every time. Yeah. So And I think they all like that. The cash from that day does go just to those people. Mm -hmm. But the credit card tips, we actually pool together for the whole week and we distribute those based on the number of hours that somebody worked throughout the week. It's actually bi-weekly because we pay bi-weekly. Okay, bi-weekly, okay, bi <laughs> whatever, whatever that period yeah. is. But like we actually did think through that a little bit because um, in a coffee shop, especially in the afternoon, evening hours, it can be a lot slower in terms of customer flow, but there might actually be more you know, duties, you know, prep, definitely more cleaning that happens towards the end of a shift. And we felt that was a good way to make things more equitable when the actual probably the amount of credit card tips while those closes are working is going to be less than the openers. Yeah, they just have a lot, a lot fewer transactions, but they also have less people. So, yeah, in but, the end, but it them might doing that prep and cleaning mm-hmm. sort of puts the openers like in a yeah. position to succeed. Yeah. And uh, I, I think everyone really likes it. Yeah, I've, I've never had anyone complain about it. Yeah. So any other uh, thoughts about this whole tipping thing in other industries? Like you, you mentioned the mechanic. I don't know if that's actually true for you. You don't take your car <laughs> into the mechanic very much. Burn. <laughs> Are you just assuming I, I'm that asking, experience babe, is like? Uh, do, they, do they ask you to tip when you, uh, when you cash out my car? Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've run into that. I know there was like some pushback um, from people getting carry out. As well, where they're like, I shouldn't sure. have to tip, it's carry out. And I think, well, you're right. Back when you started answering the question about maybe a holdover from like the COVID days, mm-hmm. when that was the only way that you could get food was a carry out. Yeah, it kind of just changed because now I always tip on carry out. Now I yeah. don't tip as much. Yeah. I give them like a couple of bucks, but um, I do give something. Do you remember me talking about this weird phenomenon in? Uh, Scandinavian countries where like Norway and Sweden have two different um, defaults for organ donation. No. So very I, similar are you countries, sure you've right? told me this? Uh, I probably did, but it's, okay. it's, it's kind of boring. Or, or okay. it, it, they basically, in one of the countries, the default is, do you want to be an organ donor? Yes or no. And if they don't answer it, it's automatically no. Okay. The other one, it's do you want to opt out of being an organ donor? Oh. And if so they, they don't get a lot it, more people that say yes. Yes. So culturally, very similar countries. So it's mm-hmm. like it's this idea of based on the options that you give somebody that can greatly affect the preferences of how they think and act and behave. So one of the things that I have noticed is when you have that screen flipped around for you and you have something kind of what I think would be crazy like 
the lowest tip amount is 20%. Oh, yeah. And it's like 20, we, 30, 40%. Yes. We did go somewhere, and I cannot remember where. I can. You remember? Yeah. We were, were we out of town? Yes. Okay. It was nuts. Was it 30, 40, 50? I think it was 20, 30, 40. But that yeah. was the... That, that, so, yeah. as someone who's fairly frugal, that did annoy me. Yeah. I will say that those amounts were way up there. And there wasn't an option for a custom. It was basically and like, if I remember, you don't we didn't get good service. We did not. Yeah, which kind of just doesn't surprise me because I think the that, vibe was off. The yeah, whole the whole place. I feel like that owner was out of touch. Yeah. So that's whether that's some of the the pushback. Like we we pushed back. Like I wouldn't go to that coffee shop mostly because of the vibe that seemed off, which probably does stem from leadership at some level. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing to bring up because I agree. I don't mind tipping, but those amounts can't be outrageous like that. Yeah, it's just it's it's trying to create, you know, these um, boundaries that are probably out of touch with reality. Yeah. Um, but like you said, yeah, if somebody wants to tip that high, <laughs> you know, give them that option. The only thing I have to say about custom amounts is I, we have had to do so many refunds where people have accidentally, instead of tipping like $5, tipped 500 Yeah. And it takes, we can't help it, but with Square, it takes two to three to four business days for, to come back into the customer's account. Yeah. So that's always super awkward and not a great situation. Yeah. So any, any predictions for how um, the tipping revolution or whatever, I forget the phrase. I don't know. I can only tell you what change. I see within our own business and people have been getting, I, the tips just keep going up. The amount of tips that our employees are getting is going up. So I feel like people are still extremely generous. Now, one weird thing that happened when I went to England last year was tipping is not a part of their culture. Okay. And... In some ways, I hated it because it was like, guys, that that person just gave us great service. Right. Let's like hook them up. Let's get them a tip. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's already it's built into the price. It's, it's all good. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't I don't know if it works that way. Are you sure that this person? And it's just culturally completely different. Yeah. And I remember we went to dinner, and when they came to split the check, it was very easy for them to split the check because there was no sort of tip calculus. To get. They were like. All right, it's you know sixty five dollars, and right. there's four of us, and blah blah blah. They did the do math. the math, babe. Come on, <laughs> I painted myself into that corner, didn't I? I wanted you to do it. <laughs> oh gosh, is it like sixteen twenty five each? I don't know, something like that. Oh, who knows? I don't know either. Somebody just did. I the can't math do math in my head. <laughs> anyway, we'll see where tipping goes from here. I I thought that was a really good question. Yeah, so it thank was a good you, question. whoever. Um, Send us that question. Uh, appreciate your our, our crew. I should say appreciates your twenty uh, percent tip at the moon. And uh, yeah, if you have a question for us, honeymooncoffeeco.com slash podcast. Uh, you might hear your question answered on a future episode. Talk to you soon. The Honeymoon Coffee Company podcast is also brought to you by the Evansville Coffee Company. ECC is the roasting arm of our business, where we roast and ship single origin limited edition, and legacy coffee blends all over the country from Evansville, Indiana. We also white-label custom blends for different partner brands, and today's featured blend is from none other than our podcast partner, Wally Opus. Wally Opus is a record label and artist management company based in Evansville, now offering podcast production services to their mix. They came to us to explore developing a bright, everyday kind of coffee blend, 
and in our second round of coffee cupping, we found it. The appropriately named Perfectly Imperfect blend combines Ethiopian and Costa Rican coffees in a magical way that elicited a full-body yes from all of us around the table. Check out Wally Opus and their lineup of artists at wallyopus.com or use the promo code PODCAST5 for 5% off your order of the Perfectly Imperfect blend at evansvillecoffee.com. Cheers. All right, babe, what was the question you just asked me? I said, do we have to be real? (laughs) I thought you said something like, is this for real? Or I thought you were talking about like recording. Yeah, I'm grouchy. Um, No, she was asking I've barely talked to you yet this morning, and now you're like, let's do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, um, we usually record our podcasts uh, in the evening. Uh, We we tend to record them in the same place, the back patio of our house. Uh, You can hear some birds in the background, perhaps. They're actually Um, more chirpy in the morning. Or maybe you just notice them more in the morning. No, I'm noticing their moods are better than mine. Okay. Well, uh, the reason for uh, recording in the morning was wanting to kind of... Um, so maybe the real question of today is how do we prioritize and fit exercise into our somewhat busy schedule? somewhat busy <laughs> well i mean what you you say you're busy someone else will say you call that busy well i've already done five <laughs> crossfit workouts you know by nine o'clock or something okay fit it into our responsibilities how about that yeah so uh today is a, a monday and um that tends to be a somewhat hectic day for what reasons what what, what do you tend to do on mondays as as a rule that you have to kind of work everything around Well, right now, I'm acting as general contractor of our build-out, so I feel stressed because I'm not at the work site, and you asked me if we wanted to go on a ride this morning, and I'm I'm just trying to deal with the push and pull of responsibility, but also trying to, like, maintain sanity and health. Yeah, and that's... That you do have that sort of general contractor thing going on, like in this season, but like in most seasons of our lives with the coffee shop, Mondays are also when you are sort of reviewing all the schedules. Yes, I've already been working on that this morning. And also on Mondays in the afternoons, <laughs> we have our operations. We have meeting. an operations meeting. Yeah, so. so Mondays are always really full. Yeah, but uh, early on in our relationship, we, we kind of realized that we had something in common when it came to exercise and, and then it even sort of turned out that we enjoyed doing that together as well as like something we could do to spend additional time together. We're both, uh, somewhat athletic and, uh, used to be, yeah. So we're both 43 right now, <laughs> and uh, when we met, we were 35. Have we talked about the triathlon? We have not talked about triathlon. Okay, so I randomly, I used to do triathlons. Yeah, like, yeah. My last one was 2015. It was like, was it right before I met you? Or? Yes, I think so. Okay. And so, but I remember um, you talking about. It. I remember you being like, "This is what I do. I'm a triathlete." <laughs> and then I just up and quit. Yeah. But um. That's what happens when you start a business sometimes. So having grace with myself, uh, you know, here we are eight years later or something. And um, I randomly signed us up for a triathlon. That was what, in June that you signed us up? June of 23? 
June and it's in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So in your life, this was something that you prioritized by way of like putting something on the calendar. Like you would make a commitment, like I'm going to do the Indianapolis triathlon or something. And it's on this date at this time. And that gives me this sort of training window. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like, I'm not trying to get first place or anything. I just do it to, I am competitive once I get out there, but it just drives me to like, want to make sure that I can finish it. So I don't care about anything else besides that I don't walk. Mm. So that's like my main thing. (laughs) Don't walk, don't drown. (laughs) And, and maybe you should, um, give a little more detail as to like what, kind of triathlon because you had to educate me that there's different kinds of triathlons oh yeah yeah no we're doing we're doing the small one the sprint triathlon so it's a um i can't remember how long the swim is on this one but it's something like a fourth of a mile it's not very far and then um it's a 14 or 15 mile bike and then a 5k at the end so like a three mile run just kind of back to back to back yes and then um the one that I had done before was an Olympic. So it was like a mile swim and a 30 mile bike ride. And then, a, I think a six mile run at the end or seven. So that's like where I'm coming from. And now like, here I am just trying to get back in it and hoping that I don't have to walk. <laughs> and I've never done a triathlon. Yeah. So this will be my, I, you know what? I've never even done a half marathon. Yeah. This for me is like, when we started working out together, I always thought, oh, it'd be really fun to do this together. Kind of like how we used to be in a volleyball league together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it'll just be fun to do, but uh, we're not exactly on a great training path. I just realized that like when we got together that we sort of like gravitated towards my approach towards working out which is you don't really have a goal. You're not training. <laughs> you don't have for, a plan. <laughs> no, no, you <clears throat> you fit it in when you yeah. can. And it's yeah. like, I feel like a run today. I'm going to run. I feel like a ride today. I'm going to ride. Yeah. I feel this like. This takes a little bit more planning, especially the swimming portion for me. I mean, I know it's because I'm a female, but it's like I have long hair and it takes <laughs> so much time. Okay, so the planning has to do more with like how you return to, to a to more a normal, presentable. To a normal, like, and not smell like chlorine and have like the weird um, Who goggle, doesn't like the smell of goggle eyes for the entire day. That's a, that's a badge of honor. I don't know if I just don't know the tips and tricks of swimming, but when I get out, my hair isn't an absolute knot, like a knot. And then my eyes, I look like a raccoon for at least six hours afterwards. So for you, it's all about vanity. I mean, it's just like, do I want to do it in the morning? Probably not. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to go somewhere with your shoulder injury. So that's yeah, been so immediately after old. I signed us up, you startled me when I was throwing <laughs> boulders at the west side. And I threw out my neck and my back. <laughs> this is not an exaggeration. I, I like... I do blame it on you. But was was I like, what did I say? Was I telling a joke or? No, you just came up on my right side and yelled something. And I wasn't, I didn't even know you were like. Okay, okay. You, just, it was not your fault, but you did I was 40 me. yards away. You make it sound like I snuck up on you and like knife. How you. many times have you been throwing stuff though? And it almost hit me. 
Which is why Many you should times. look when I yell. Yes. So that's why I was startled because I thought a board was coming at my head. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. Also, kind of... we barely have health insurance. So wish us luck. <laughs> I'm All right. Be, we're doing a real I'm episode be real here. snarky on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So to, to maybe close the loop a little bit on the, on the triathlon planning thing. Um, yeah. You, when I met you, you were into like training and it was regimented and you sort of knew what you were building up towards. And then it became like, Hey, do you think we can do this ride together and be at like a similar pace to where we both get a good workout and, um, we can maybe even have a conversation while we're on the ride or definitely after the ride. I remember I had a really crappy bike, which <laughs> you thought was amazing that I could keep up with you. And I did too, cause you had a really good bike, but, um, we've, we've since gotten a little bit. You've upgraded. At that. Yeah. And I found out I have some sort of special bike. Yeah. Yeah. We got <laughs> Jessica's bike, um, serviced and they said, this bike is beautiful. It's amazing. It's a collector's item. If you ever want to sell it. <laughs> and I had no idea. We I, like, will put it up it on the wall. I had in the garage for like years. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we'll, uh, we'll tune back in later and say, Jessica has retired from riding bikes. No. And she's living no. in her mansion Next in Hawaii. Next year I'm going to be doing an Ironman in Hawaii. Thank you. Oh, well, those are goals right there. Yeah. That sounds no. insane. The, the Ironman really is insane. I, I think the ship has sailed on my um, my chances of getting to that point, but yeah. there might be like an elderly division? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> I don't think 44 would classify as elderly. <laughs> Maybe elder millennial. Well, wouldn't it be elderly for an Ironman, though? I don't think so. I think, mm. I think some of those people are... You know, yes, but they are maybe maybe they they started in their twenties though, and they never like stopped. The problem is, is that there was a a very long period of time of atrophy. I I actually stopped working out altogether when we opened Weinbach in 2016. So I didn't work out. So I went from like my whole life being an athlete. For me, working out is nothing to do with weight. It's all about like how it makes me feel. Yeah. And I went like two or three years without, I would do like a sporadic run with you like once every couple months. And that was about it. I do remember we tended to do runs on holidays because we were closed. Yes. We always ran on like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So if you're out there and you just started a business, like seriously, give yourself grace. It's really tough to get into a rhythm of being able to to squeeze one more thing into your day and have the energy for it. I do remember thinking like, hey, we could take a ride right now, but if we drove to a place to then ride, like based on scenery or distance or something like that, that would put an even like bigger time constraint on if some sort of calamity were to happen one of the shops that we knew we needed to be like at the ready for. So we would like nix that and be like, okay, uh, what if we like run from the Weinbach shop and then if a fire happens, we can run back yeah, and put out the yeah. fire. Like yesterday when customer ripped the door off. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a, <laughs> a fun repair in the middle of the day. But well, right now we're going to um, do a little bit of stretching. 
And are we, uh, what kind of ride are we doing? Are we driving to ride? Uh, I don't think we have time for that. Because you have a chiropractor appointment because <laughs> that's how you're taking your care of your body these days. Um, I think we're just going to do a ride to, to Newburgh and um, back and then a little bit of a run. We unfortunately do not have uh, a pool to train in or a lake or something <laughs> like that. And uh, we'll hop back on. We're just going to wing the swim portion. We'll That'll hop back fine. on the microphone and see if you can tell any difference um, in our moods. And if we're ready to face the day or if any calamities happened while we're running or riding. Hey, thanks for listening to the show this week. If you'd like to learn more about Honeymoon Coffee Company, check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, visit honeymooncoffeeco.com forward slash podcast. This podcast was produced by Wally Opus with editing by Brooklyn Hoffeditz, music composed by Sam Cuban, and project management by me, Wesley Luttrell. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back again soon. All right. Well, we're done running. <laughs> You're sweaty. <laughs> I went hard. Well, so we did, what, a 15-ish, 16-mile bike? I think it was 15 miles. Should we go to the tape? Check your app. Um, it'll be hard to with me holding the microphone in my hand. So but my beloved it. Jessica tends to underestimate things sometimes. I've got 16.61, so if we round up, that's 17. <laughs> so definitely it was more than 15. Okay. And then we uh, decided to do a little run afterwards because at the back third of a triathlon, it's going from bike immediately to running. Yeah, so it's a totally different animal to get off the bike and then immediately start running. Yeah. It's called a brick. And you were nursing a couple of uh, blisters on yep. your heels. I need some new socks. Okay. <laughs> and um, we brought the dog. And since I wasn't listening to a podcast and I was like talking with you, I didn't even ring my phone. And I don't really care about my numbers or anything like that either. Uh-huh. And then as soon as we got to the end of the street, I'm like, hey, do you want to do that one loop that we do that's like 1.8 miles? And you're like, nah. I'm turning around. Which it's good I did because the drywall company called and they said they were going to be on the west side in a few minutes. Yeah. So we uh, ended up uh, having to do a little fire alarm. And I didn't have my phone with me, so you couldn't call me and say, <laughs> get your butt home. I tried looking down the road. I was going to wave you home, but... From behind? I didn't know you were coming in the back way. Oh. <laughs> I was looking for you in the front. <laughs> the prodigal son, you're just you're just looking out from the top was, of the hill. I was. I was ready to slaughter the the finest pig. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, so anyway, so I was just blissfully running with the dog with no music or podcast going on in my ears and it was it was weird. I had I was my thoughts. Say, you had your thoughts. How did that go? It was good. I like landed on what we'll do for like the staff, like Christmas um, <laughs> gift. Like I feel really good about it. that's a priority in July. Christmas in July is a thing. <laughs> Look it up. It's a thing. Um, no, but uh, yeah, you were right. We like we tried to take the time to prioritize exercise, and then the business kind of pulled us back into yeah, something else. Yeah, but luckily, um, one of our operations team members is headed that way to meet them. But yeah, this is why I feel the pull of um, jumping right out there first thing, and then I'm too tired to exercise afterwards. Yeah, but like, it was a fairly big exercise um, 
you know, effort we did today. So I, I feel like we earned whatever else we do today when it comes to... We're going to earn that Mexican for lunch. Yeah? We going to do Mexican for lunch? <laughs> I mean, when we do it five days a week for lunch. Yeah. We have a, a nice Mexican place that's right next door to our roastery, and that ends up uh, being lunch of convenience more often than not. So <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll report back uh, later, maybe uh, bef- right before, right after the triathlon itself to see if we... Um... I'll let you know if I walked or not. Ooh, yeah. What should be my goal? I don't know. Set a goal for yourself. Uh, finish. Is that too low? Yes, that's too low. Finish ahead of you? I, I actually fully expect you to finish ahead of me. Okay. Because I think you'll blow by me on the run. Possibly um, on the bike. But I'm going to kick it up a notch on the bike. I'm going to do more than what I'm doing when I'm training with you. Honestly, I think my goal really is probably to finish that walking too. Like I've just I've never done one, so why set some some stupid goal? Like just yeah. finish the thing, and then if I like it, I can do another. All right. All right. Love you. Love you.